What's on tap for today? How about risk versus reward? When do you take less risk and when is the reward just far too great? We're tackling that topic through the lens of the Big Ten. Their football season is going to start up in October. Sports commentator Tate Frazier is going to join us on the Pushing Through podcast on today's Money with Friends. Welcome to the Money with Friends podcast, coming to you live from my mom's half-finished basement in Palm Springs, California, where we make the Stacky Benjamin Show. I'm Joe Salcihi. I am Tate Frazier, and I'm happy to be here, Joe. Coming to us from... Los Angeles, California. There we go. And what happened to the Clippers, by the way? Uh, not good things. Uh, if you didn't watch the fourth quarter last night and you're a Clippers fan, never watch it. You never need to see it. Just, oh. uh, wipe it wipe it from your memory. <laughs> Absolutely. It's all about next year. Yes. Spoiler alert, but you don't have to see it, right, at this point. Don't have to watch it. No. This is the podcast where Tate and I are going to cover a recent story ripped from the financial press. Today, we're tackling one from ESPN. Not only are we going to read them like some podcasts do, but we'll dive into how they affect your wallet and what you can do to invest, save, or pay down debt more effectively. If that's not enough, we'll also share a big idea at the end of today's show you can take with you to be better with your money, uh, all in less than 20 minutes. Today's show is brought to you by NordPass. We lock passwords, you hold the keys. With NordPass, store your passwords in the cloud, access them on desktop, mobile, or your favorite browser, all encrypted on your device for your eyes only. And as I mentioned, Tate Frazier back with us today, man. Denver Nuggets. <laughs> I uh, I can't really believe you're saying that. Uh, I think, uh, you know, last week is the 3-1 series. The Clippers are sort of penciled in, right, to, to make it to their first right. Western Conference Finals. They, they got the monkey off their back. Uh, all, all smooth sailing, and then a week later, the Nuggets do it again. Back to 13 times this happened in NBA history. The Nuggets have done it twice in back-to-back series. That's uh, pretty fascinating, coming back from a 3-1 lead. And uh, Jokic is uh i think he's crazy slowly becoming beloved uh by the basketball world i feel like so uh that's where we are 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 they the one team that just love the bubble like they just want to stay in that bubble living because i know how great that bubble living is and I was going to say, there's some players like a Duncan Robinson we just had on our podcast pushing through, and yeah. he said the bubble is an upgrade in his life. You know, playing for the Miami Heat, he's loving life. But then you have the Clippers and the Lakers. They were the two teams that said that they were down to leave the bubble when the Bucks decided to protest a couple weeks back. And, uh, you know, the Clippers now are obviously outside the bubble. The Lakers are still there. Now they have to play the Nuggets. And the Nuggets seem like every time they've had to pack their bags to go home, quote unquote, they've uh, they've won the game and been able to stay. So, yeah. Uh, if they pack their bags, try to avoid the nuggets. That's what we've learned in the bubble. So <laughs> I think that's probably great advice for any team. Sadly, the Lakers are going to get them now, which is pretty exciting. But we've got you here today. We're going to actually switch gears. We're going to talk some Big Ten football. But let's see which one of our friends is going to help us kick off this discussion. This is Bethany from the Money Millhouse. Just when you thought it couldn't get any better, it's time for our headlines. All right. Today's piece comes to us from ESPN. It's a title, Big Ten Football's Back, What You Need to Know. It's written by Adam Rittenberg and Heather Denich. Uh, You want to do the honor state? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, it was that simple. Binkton football is back, and we'll start with the first paragraph here. After what may have been the ugliest, most controversial month in league history, Binkton college football is back. That's right. It is back. The conference presidents and chancellors on Wednesday voted to start their season the weekend of October 21st, October 24th, after considering new medical information and testing possibilities presented to them this past weekend. 
here's a look at what went into the decision and what's still to come out of it. Uh, so then the question they ask is, what's the most important factor in the Big Ten voting to play? And uh, the answer is right here. The medical information and resources around COVID-19 improved significantly, especially the availability of rapid testing programs. Big Ten teams had several outbreaks during the summer. We, we heard that coverage was yeah. all over the place. Uh, and contact tracing had been a significant obstacle without rapid testing in place. Many wondered how schools such as Rutgers, Northwestern, Illinois, and Maryland would ever get around their state restrictions to practice in pads and eventually play. The emergence of several reliable rapid testing options ease concerns about ca- contract tracing and increase confidence about having minimal interruptions during the regular season, which can't afford too many bumps if the Big Ten wants to be a part of the college football playoff. And I'll stop there because I think that's the big story, right? Yeah. Uh, with, with this whole thing, obviously the Big Ten is coming back, but they're also trying to get in this uh, rapid uh, race of games to be able to compete for the ultimate prize, which is what Ohio State and uh, you know Michigan and some of those teams are trying to look for, which is the college football playoff and i think uh that's really the big story yes the big 10 is coming back but they also have this whole other obstacle of like how do we get back in the normal system of things why do you go right to the two schools i hate most ohio state and michigan i swear to god every i'm going for your heart every single time (laughs) every time you're on you're like dude it's michigan state remember we got to go michigan state uh but this is interesting because a month ago when you were here we talked about this and it was all about risk then right why the hell is the sec taking this much risk and now we see the sec the ACC out there playing football every week and it feels like we've kind of switched gears Tate we've gone from well maybe the risk isn't as bad as we thought it was and watching everybody else play they seem to be doing it pretty damned effectively maybe we can do it too yeah, absolutely. And I mean, if you look at the the bubble success, right, we give the NBA all the credit, but the 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 th- what is it? the basketball? I must call it a throwback tournament, but the basketball tournament, which is TBT, they tried the bubble out first. That works. The bubble works with the NBA. Then we get closer to football season. The NFL kind of, you know, doubles down. The players come out. They say we need to have our concerns kind of addressed. The NFL PA kind of gets those situations handled. We have NFL football. Then everyone goes from there. All right. What does college football look like? The SEC, you know, all the reports come out. LSU, if they don't play football, they're going to lose $25 million. I think that's, that was the big topic. Yeah. We had, yeah, yeah. you know, on the last show. And now you see the reward right on the other side and you say, well, we need that money to function. We're going to go and do things the quote unquote right way. We're going to lock things down, all that sort of stuff. And if you're the Big Ten and you're the Pac-12 and you're the outside looking in, the PR of we are being smart, we are you know not going to risk our players' health now is getting attacked from the people that are rewarding you know the fact that you know they are playing football and then you're getting your your guys getting you know negative recruited against or you know guys getting phone calls at UCLA saying hey come to Alabama to play offensive line for us this year because you're not going to be playing football and it just becomes like this this entire whirlwind of things, right? Where it looked like the big 10 and the pac 12 were going to be on the right side of history. Right. If you wanted to, to frame it that way. Yeah. But in the reality of things was uh, as college football, as uh, you know, the ACC's and the SEC's and the big 12s of the world continued about their business, it put them in a weaker position. And now they're in an even weaker position, I would say, because they've backtracked from where they stood before. I think if they just had sort of said, okay, we get it. Uh, we were, we still feel like it's too much of a risk, so we're going to wait till the spring. I think that's a stronger stance than uh, "Oops, our, our bad," <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know. But I, but I also think the Big Ten fans are happy, and that at the end of the day, they wanted to please the fans. So yeah, when they are. yeah talking about starting starting late and "Oops, my bad," you know what's interesting about this that I wonder is 
when we first heard about them canceling football, Mm-hmm. I thought the, the the big issue we saw in in uh, Big Ten country, we saw the MAC conference was the first conference to say, yeah, we're out. And immediately yeah. it seemed like right after that, that was when the Big Ten said, nope, we're done. And I think the PAC, the PAC-10 actually even before the Big Ten said, nope, we're mm-hmm. done, we're out. I felt like then it was because the PR problems around if something bad happens, what's going to happen, right? Like, I would love to say that these schools just, you know, that we care about our students, we care about about people. But to your point, there's so much money on the line. My personal feeling is, is it's all about PR. Like, how bad are they going to look if something bad happens? Is part of the reason they're able to come back, though, because Major League Baseball had some really bad stuff happen, and the public just kind of went, yeah, okay, and after that, it makes it much more acceptable. I, I feel like the downside of people coming down with COVID on a team, not nearly what we thought it was going to be two months ago. Exactly. And I think that was the uh, the sort of unknown monster, right? The, the big, scary monster that we didn't know what it quite looked like. And if you look at the shadow, it looks like it's the size of Godzilla. But if you get up close, it's a little small object. And we're all kind of like, oh, it's not as scary as we thought it would be. And I think uh, the bad PR... Actually, the, the the idea of being scared of bad PR actually came back to bite them because the fact that they backtracked, that was bad PR. The fact that they were it jumped the gun so soon ended up being bad PR. And like you said, that was all that they really cared about in the first place. So it wasn't yeah. even about the, the the good PR of saying we cared about the kids actually wouldn't backfire on them. And then they'd be like, well, we don't care that much. Uh, you know, let's <laughs> let's go out there and, you know, play some football. Whoa, whoa, and whoa. I, yeah. And I, I think that's sort of uh that's the catch 22 of college sports. I mean, as someone that, you know, I spend uh, uh, twice a week on a podcast talking about college basketball, I am no longer in college. I did not play college basketball, but I grew up in, you know, on tobacco road in that world, seeing what it's like, understanding the economics of the situation. And we all know if you are aware enough to understand that there is a catch 22 with the profitability and the the whole setup of college sports in general so like this was the time that people wanted to attack that obviously and wanted to point to it and say look at this look at all this money that's on the table maybe we share it maybe we address it and everyone else that's in the actual situations the presidents and the people that are you know a part of the ncaa system they say well let's just keep it going because why would we ruin a good thing uh and we're going to keep it going. I think, I think a lot of people thought that this may be a seismic shift, right? When the yeah. Big 10 decided to opt out and the PAC 12 decided to opt yes, out. Yes, I did. I yeah. totally did. I did. And I think, uh, I think what's happened now is that we've seen that uh, as long as the ducks in a row happen in certain areas and regions of the country, uh, the other guy, the other conferences will fall in line. And I thought that, or I believe that the Big 10 and PAC 12 thought it would be the other way around. They thought that the ACC and the SEC and the Big 12 would follow suit. And obviously that did not happen. We do the show live on uh, Facebook and on uh, and on YouTube. If you want to join us, head to our YouTube channel, youtube.com forward slash money with friends. Kevin here, Big Tape Frazier fan, says my podcast worlds are colliding, getting his Thank money you, and his sports on all at one time. I'm going to put I'm, I'm going to put today's Kevin day, apparently, for mm-hmm. our commenters, because we have another Kevin here. I'm only going to put this on to watch. Uh, <laughs> I want to see Tate's head blow up here. Please. Uh, 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 Duke or UNC? 
Tate. Which one of those? That's the wrong order. It should be Carolina or Duke. Uh, that's that's the proper order to write that question, Carolina or Duke. Uh, the answer is North Carolina. We'll always be North Carolina. Public schools forever. So uh, You were, you were the, more diplomatic about that than I thought you were going to be. I, I will say, I, my Duke hatred, I wish that I could go back to 2006 and just bottle it up because that was the peak of my Duke hatred. I had Sheldon Williams and J.J. Reddick splashing threes in my face. And I, I uh, Lee Melchione, uh, Poe. I mean, all, all the you still suspects. you still wake up crying, don't you? I still wake up upset. Uh, that's for sure. And uh, I, I, when I had to produce JJ Reddick's podcast, it was uh, it was a personal nightmare of mine. So uh, I got over the Duke stuff then. That was it. Did you make a couple mistakes? Just just you know. I thought about oops, it. I thought about sorry. it a few times. I was like, what if I just put up white noise? Uh, but here we are. Uh, I have to. I I do want to pivot. Because on Titus and Tate, that's what, that's what you guys talk about. College basketball, like you mentioned earlier. Um, NCAA's got to be looking at this, man. Got to be looking at what's going on. What do you think is going to happen with the NCAA basketball season this year then? It seems like uh, the decision has been made. November 25th is going to be the start date for college basketball officially. So we will we will get college basketball. Um, the actual logistical, uh, you know, conversations around the preseason tournaments, right? The NIT that's usually in New York. Yeah. Um, the Battle for Atlantis, the Maui Invitational, all those Myrtle Beach, all those tournaments, right? They're all being discussed and figured out. Um, right now at the moment where they're going to be. So like Maui might be in Asheville, North Carolina. Uh, the battle for Atlantis might be in South Dakota. Um, it's going to be a very, very strange start to the season, but it is uh, supposedly officially going to start. We will have basketball. We will have college basketball. And I think um, as someone that has been a, a skeptic of sorts, as you know, if you told me in July that in November we would real, really have a date set for college basketball, I would take that as a major win. Um, so I, as a fan of the sport, I'm very excited. As someone who covers the sport, I, there's a little bit of trepidation there, right? What is, what is it going to look like? Um, yeah. Like you said, what is the fallout uh, if these pods and bubbles – I keep using the finger quotes because I feel like we're making up terms in 2020 all the time. Um, but uh, that's, that's kind of where we are with all this sort of stuff. I mean, where – where will college basketball uh, end up looking like in, in March? I don't know. Like, it, will we have non-conference games? I'm not sure. Um, but they're all working that out. But we will have a start date, which is November 25th. That's exciting. And it feels to me, as we push past risk into reward, I don't know. It just seems to be the right move. Yeah. And it does seem like the reward is there, obviously, because, yeah. uh, I mean, the, the ACC coaches, I don't know if you saw this, they proposed that everyone play in the NCAA tournament, all 350 some odd teams are all invited to, to the tournament. They wanted to do a, a situation where every team could have the platform for March Madness because we didn't have it this year. I think it's a really nice idea. I don't think it's possible. Uh, you know, basically everyone from the NCAA said they would not be doing that. But I was going to say that'd be the best four months of my life. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I mean, Chicago State probably wouldn't enjoy that playing Duke, you know, one versus 350. But, you know, for the rest of the world, we would have a great time, I think. Uh, but but that's the thing. College basketball is going to be uh, it's going to be by the seat of their pants a little bit. We're going to see things shift. And uh, I'm excited to just sort of see what the fallout looks like. In just a second, uh, Tate and I are going to have our takeaways for today. But just want to say a big thanks before we get there to NordPass for mm -hmm. supporting Money with Friends. With NordPass, you store your passwords in the cloud. You 
access them on your desktop, mobile, or your favorite browser, all encrypted on your device for your eyes only. You will get 50% off and a 30-day money-back guarantee if you go to nordpass.com forward slash MWF. You don't want to have your passwords out there unprotected, uh, especially especially don't use just one password for everything. This is a problem I had. I had a really cool password. I thought it was fantastic. I thought, hey, why do I need a password manager? I've got the best password ever. Then I realized if they steal one password, they've got everything. NordPass comes up with a different password for every single place that I am. NordPass.com forward slash MWF. What is the password for this podcast date? What's our what's our big takeaway here? I think our big takeaway is it's better to wait and see than to make a decision and then backtrack. And I think when we talk about the Big Ten, uh, they were, like you said, they saw the action. They tried to be first. They tried to be ahead of the curve. And sometimes you don't know where the curve bends. You don't want to, quote, unquote, be, jump out and be in front of it and then be wrong. And I think uh, my big takeaway was that I like where their head was at. I like what the Big Ten was trying to do, putting safety first. But. I would like it to be genuine. And I think what we learned from the situation was that the original approach wasn't the most genuine approach to safety first. Yeah. It was a surprise money wins surprise money wins. I think that's the takeaway. (laughs) Yes. Oh yeah. We were worried. And then we saw that we didn't need to be worried. So cash, cash on the cash on the dollar. Hey, uh, I heard a rumor that you have a couple pretty awesome podcasts. One about NBA basketball and one about college Mm -hmm. basketball. Tell me about those. Absolutely. So the uh, the one about college basketball, I mentioned Titus and Tate. My name is Tate. The other uh, co-host is Mark No, wait, Titus. wait, wait. I got it. <laughs> Titus. Yes, you got oh. it. Mark Titus. Uh, uh. I off with the last name. But uh, the two of us, we talk about college basketball twice a week. We've been talking about, you know, NFL and some other things, the bubble, obviously, things that have been going on that aren't college basketball um, as well. And then pushing through is myself, three-time NBA champion, BJ Armstrong, play with the Bulls, play with MJ, is an agent now, uh, Derek Rose's agent, some of the other, you know, Bismack Biombo, list goes on. But uh, the two of us, we are friends. We've always talked about basketball, and uh, people always found it odd. So now we do it on a podcast. And uh, it's uh, it's a lot of fun for a look, by the way, into the uh, into the NBA bubble. I mean, you've had some great episodes, but I really liked it when you had the medical director from the NBA Mm. on. That was a really interesting episode hearing about how they made the decision, how early they were thinking about the decision. Like I didn't realize in January they Mm. were already starting to make plans. That was that was pretty, pretty wild radio. Yeah, we kept seeing uh, the, the headlines, right? Kudos to the NBA. And then I wanted to figure out who the NBA actually was. And uh, Mark Spears, you know, told BJ and I that, you know, this doctor, Dr. Leroy Sims is his name, was the one who was running all the COVID, you know, protocols for the NBA. And, you know, they found out about, you know, COVID and the potential in January, like you said, in Paris, uh, when the Bucks were playing the Hornets, I believe. And, and they were already talking about, you know, ways to deal with it if it were to enter the NBA. And that's why the bubble was able to happen because they started planning in January. Who would have thought when you start planning, uh, things could work out. That's crazy talk. Yeah. Until you change it halfway through like the Big Ted did. But that's for <laughs> another day. Good news. We've got Tate Frazier back here one more time tomorrow. We'll see you back here again tomorrow, buddy. I'm Money with Friends. Bye-bye. Thanks, Joe. Show's created and hosted by us, Joe Salcihai and Bobby Rebel, and it's edited and produced by Ashley Wall. Money with Friends is a product of Money with Friends LLC, copyright 2020.
For a list of the thought leaders who appear on the podcast and links to the stories discussed, head to our website, moneywithfriendspodcast.com. You can also check out our schedule for upcoming recording sessions so you can join us and be part of the show. Also, be sure to follow us on social media at moneyfriendspod on both Instagram and Twitter. Look out for our polls and quizzes. You could get a shout out on the show. We're well worth following. We promise. As with anything, remember you shouldn't take advice from any of us or or any other videos or podcasts without first talking to your financial advisor. These people on this episode, they're here for your and their entertainment purposes only. I'm Bobby. I'm Joe. We'll see you here back next time with another episode of Money with Friends. Bam, nailed it.